0: Good morning,
1: and welcome to Spotlight, the Alison H. Larson Show. I'm here today live in studio with two guests. I'm I'm really excited about today's topic. I know I say that every week, but that's the great thing (laughs) about having a radio show—you get to do topics you're excited about. I don't ever do a topic I'm not excited about. Uh, Today's topic is how to bring uh, God into your life and into the workplace and what you do. And I wanted to tell uh, just a couple of brief stories to set this up before I introduce our guests. And uh, the first story is years ago when I was doing uh, my family foot reflexology business. Yes, I used to uh, do family foot reflexology and, mm-hmm. and loved uh, bringing foot zoning all over the United States. I was teaching a lot of principles and, and life skills. And with a lot of these trainings that I would do, I would bring God into it. And I would say his name and I would talk about, you know, your connection to God and and I had a lady who was looking at being my business partner in this business, and she came to me one day, and she said, Allison, you can't say God. You've got to say higher power. You're going to really offend people. And this was early on in my business. And I was really concerned, and I, I said, well, let me think about it. Let me pray on it and meditate and ponder on it. And I took a few days, and um, the, the conclusion that I came to was God had given me these skills to change my life, and I couldn't take them out of it. And when I told her that, she left the business, but... Um, starting that day. She is the only person that has ever had a problem with me talking about God. I went on to talk about God um, while I was doing my foot zoning business. I I speak often from stage and on big stages in places like LA or New York. And I will say, um, I will talk about God. I talk about God on this radio show. And I've only ever had people actually say it's so nice and refreshing that you actually feel like you can talk about this. I've never had anybody ever come up to me and say I'm so offended I can't believe that you would talk about this and um and so I've I've always felt really inspired that this is a good thing to do well a couple of weeks ago as I was contemplating my business and my next business moves I was really um, i I was really looking at either going a direction that was maybe more towards what I felt like God wanted me to do or stay on a, on a path that was maybe a little bit uh, more of what maybe the world wanted me to do or you know i'd I'd been doing and uh, as I was as I was praying and pondering this I decided to go to a church service here locally and um, I walked into the church service and they announced hey the series that we're doing this month is on how to how to really bring God out in the workplace called made for Monday and um, how to represent God through what you do and it was total answer to my prayers. So I went again last week and as I'm sitting there in the service I got this big idea I thought I want to talk about this on my radio show. So afterwards I was I walked up to uh, Ken who is here today in studio and uh, I asked him he's the pastor there locally at that campus and, and they have a huge following here in Arizona and I said Ken I you've got to come be on my show you, please, you know nothing about me you have no idea who I am I promise I'm legit please come I want to talk about Mm-hmm. how you, how people can really feel comfortable in expressing their faith uh, through what they do. So um, I'm going to give you a moment, uh, in a moment here, I'm going to give you a chance to, to introduce and brag a little bit about yourself. But sure. I also am really pleased to have Rochelle Rodriguez here today. Rochelle uh-huh. uh, has appeared quite a bit as a guest co-host on this show. As you know, she um, is a beautiful woman who's inspiring many people. Um, she introduced me to actually a skincare line that has changed my life, giving me more mm-hmm. confidence and um, so I partnered up with her on that, but she does so much more um, than just help women with their outer beauty. She helps them with their inner beauty. And um, of course, she's strong in her Christian faith as well. So really excited to have you here, Rochelle. Thank so you. Ken, back to you. Yes. Okay, I. So this was such a like last minute, but totally inspired. I heard you up on stage. You're inspiring me, inspiring all these people. And I'm not even really sure how to say your last name, which is why I haven't said it yet. (laughs) Yeah,
2: Fechner. Fechner, okay.
1: Spelled a little bit different. That's
2: right, Okay, to my defense. Yeah, totally, yeah.
1: But um, Ken, on my radio show, whenever I have a guest on, I give them an opportunity to brag about themselves. So I want to hear, because I don't know you very well, but I want to give you a chance to brag about yourself. How did you, uh, what are some of your big accomplishments and how did you end up? At uh, this CCV Church here in in Arizona, as the pastor.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, first of all, thanks for thanks for letting me uh, be a part of this here today. Uh, my my story is um, one of those like when we talked just the other day about this too. I, I'm actually not one to want to brag on myself at all. I, I've always just said you know some of the things that have happened in my life. I, I really do give God the glory and all of that. And um, but you know my family we. Uh we we kind of just kind of grew up in the middle like like everybody else and I grew up in Northern California and my family kind of bounced all over the place. My dad worked for Toys R Us. Oh, and fun. so we so I bet you
1: had lots of toys growing. Well up. We, we actually uh we,
2: we got all the broken toys at oh, Christmas. No. So my dad got a great deal on the on the uh the returns yeah. that happened at Christmas. But um yeah, we uh we, we kind of moved around a little bit. We moved from California to Ohio for one year. My mom mm-hmm. said, get me out of the snow because my mom's a California girl. Yeah. And uh then we ended up uh kind of landing back here in Arizona. So I ended up um, going to uh, my early years of school here in Phoenix. And so up in the Northwest Valley in the uh, Glendale area and uh, where Arrowhead Mall is, which uh, wasn't even around when I was up there. And but basically I I went to high school there uh, at Greenway High School. And then shortly after that, I went off to college. But you know, soccer was a big thing in my family. Um, But on the faith side of it, we, yeah, you
1: actually played yeah. soccer in college, right? I sure did, yeah. And, and yep. then even professionally a little bit and then got hurt. The reason why I know this is I read your bio.
2: Yep. Totally. And okay. <laughs> I, I was
1: relating to it because I also had a brother that played collegiate soccer yep. and then another foster brother slash adopted brother who went on to to play a little bit professionally. So I was like, oh that's so cool.
2: Yeah, it okay. is cool. But well, you know, that that was kind of the thing. So we my family they, they raised us in the church. So we, right. we kinda of grew up in this really small church, but um, I, I just really my brother and I, my older brother, we really couldn't um, I don't know what it was. We just, we just really didn't connect in those smaller churches, but I'm very, very thankful for the foundation that my parents laid for my brother and I, but, I mean, let's just call it like it is. I mean, we we're, we're kind of like most sports families out there. Soccer became our religion, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, we church just really wasn't a priority other than Christmas and Easter. So we actually were kind of known as the Creaster family, you know, the Christmas Easter and or the uh, <laughs> what, what people would call the CEOs, you right. know, Christmas Easter only. <laughs> and um, but you know, through so pretty much I would say through second third grade mm-hmm. uh, for pretty much my entire life, it was really only Christmas and Easter. Just yeah. Um, and then as I kind of got through high school and then off to college, um, I played soccer at San Diego State, so I got a full-ride scholarship there, which was just such a, another blessing that God gifted me with the skills in order to do that. And man, when you're in California, it's uh, kind of a tempting place to be, and I really wasn't living out my faith at all. Um, mm-hmm. I, I still had that foundation, but I just knew that man, I, the world looked really good, and um, mm-hmm. especially in San Diego. Uh, and mm-hmm. You know, through there, it was uh, my soccer career really carried me through. But my mom was always really hammering that education, and that's just something that we did. Yeah. And so I ended up getting my degree. And uh, right after college, I was always very driven. I knew that hey, in in order to pay bills, you have to have a job. So um, I wasn't one of these uh, these people that as soon as they graduate from college, they want to go travel, they want to go do the world, and just kind of live life and all these types of things. I said. No, I need to make rent uh, next month. So I actually um, started looking for a job uh, right before I graduated college because I I ended up getting hurt. So my professional career was over, and I just knew I couldn't play soccer anymore. Mm. Um, And so those aspirations of making it to the next level just it it wasn't going to happen. And um, so I ended up looking for a job. So I graduated from San Diego State on a Saturday. I got my job here in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. I moved back here on Sunday and I started work on Monday. Wow. And uh, so I had a, I had a degree and so I ended up working in construction. So I did that for uh, about eight and a half years Mm -hmm. here in Phoenix, Uh, moved to Chicago for one year in that little stint and uh, then back to Phoenix. And so, but God just um, was working in my life through that entire time. He, he, you know, I learned, um, you know, through my sales career, just negotiation and yeah. contract management. And then also just really, you know, I think it's really important that, especially what I do in ministry now, um, I always encourage people, especially out of college, if you have that desire to go into ministry, go work in the corporate world first. So
1: what, what, did, you, what, what did you graduate from? And yep. what was your degree in?
2: Yeah, so it was a business degree in okay. uh, 2004. Okay. So I graduated so, there. So
1: you went to, just to recap, you went to San Diego State you were kind of a playboy. Maybe that's a little strong. <laughs> no, that's
2: actually, that's pretty accurate.
1: <laughs> College athlete. Yes. You know, I, I, I can paint the picture. Yes. And so then, but you were driven. You got hurt, so you couldn't play soccer. So you graduated Saturday. By Monday, you're here working. That's you're working correct. in construction. Yep. So I, I still am I'm missing the piece. So if you graduated in business, you went to school in San Diego, you come back here, you're working in construction in Phoenix. How did you go from working construction here in Phoenix to being a pastor at a local church? What was yeah. your...
2: So again, um, you know, when I started in business, I, I, was, I was really successful through my sales career. And when you're in your early 20s and you're making uh, a decent income, uh, I, I just, I started to think that I was my own God in a way. Mm-hmm. I started thinking that money was, was everything. And um, when you have a little bit of success and you're still in that immature stage of your life, uh, you really kind of let that get to your head, and that's what happened right. to me. And so my mm-hmm. parents were always there, and they were just encouraging me, hey, you need to go back to church.
1: Well, and I think, I think one of the things, too, I just want to interject here, and Rochelle, I, I want to hear your your story, too, because mm-hmm. I've never heard your story, your religious mm-hmm. story. But <laughs> um, but I want to interject because I think what ends up happening with a lot of people is they go to church when they're hurting. Right, mm-hmm. and so when you're in the spot of you, you're making a lot of money. In fact, Pat Gelsinger uh, was was the guest last yeah. week. Who's this CEO? He was the CEO at Intel. Now he's the CEO at VA, yeah. one of the highest paid CEOs in the world. Um, you know he talks a little bit about this. He lives in San San Francisco area, and he said right. although it's one of the most wealthiest areas, it's one of the least. Philo- philo- Philanthropic. <laughs> yeah, philanthropic. yeah, what is that word <laughs> but, and also the least also the least religious that's correct and yeah. i think there's this sense of hey you don't have any pain why go to church you know right. you don't you aren't hurting why do you need god in your life like you know uh, is that kind of the mentality you were in or? yeah
2: absolutely you know it's one of those that i just kind of felt like hey you know i have this foundation and there's just got to be something else out there because even mm-hmm. when you achieve it You know, and when you're driven and you're Mm -hmm, goal-driven, you still think there is something else out there greater than yourself. Mm -hmm. And and that's what really just kind of led me back to... Um, back to that foundation that my parents instilled, which was, you know, go to church. And that's where, and that's what I wanted to do. And so you were
1: just being successful and just your parents just encouraged you to go back. Absolutely. There, there wasn't yeah. like any pivotal thing that happened. <laughs> you know, um, and it,
2: but here, here's the funny thing in that too. I, yeah. I, I couldn't go to their church. It was one mm-hmm. of those because it was still that very old traditional style church. Yeah. And, you know, I'm young and it was one of those things where I wanted to go to a church that was, you know, in, in my world relevant. And it's not like they weren't part of a great right. church. They are, but it just it wasn't speaking to me as a mm. business leader um as and just really where I was at in life and yeah. the only church that was up in the north peoria area for me to choose yeah. from was CCV and yeah. and I walked there uh I was young single 25 years old yeah. and it's my first weekend there at CCV.
1: Well, really interesting, and I, I really like, uh, actually, CCV, the church that you're a pastor at, because it really resonates with me as an entrepreneur. Absolutely. And really, like, like clicks. Like, every time I go there, I'm like, oh, I get it. This inspires me. This clicks. And actually, the reason why I ended up there, and I never even told you this, was uh, I, I, I met somebody at a networking event, and um, he and I had lunch together, and I was telling him about some of my struggles and some of the things that I was going through, and I was going through a, a kind of a transition at the time in my life and also in, 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 my, um, in my church. And he said, you know, I really think you should check out CCV. It's meant a lot to me. And he, was, he wasn't he was afraid to talk about it. Yeah. And it really inspired me and touched me. He's like, I'd love for you to come to, with me sometime. But he goes out to the P- Peoria campus, which is like an yep, hour away absolutely. from me. So yeah. uh, one day, you know, in, in my quest to, to feel like I wanted to belong to community, I remember what he had said and, yeah. and um, looked up CCV. So I really appreciate that. So Rochelle, I want to hear your story because i know you are a christian and i know that you attend locally a church here and you actually do a lot you just did a a homeless drive here and and you're really involved in your church and your community so um just your short story have you always been religious what what's your i actually have i was raised christian and um went
3: to rolling hills covenant church also in california like pv area and um, went to Bible study, did all of that, like Wednesdays and Sundays and all of that. And then as I as I grew up, I went into more of the world as well and mm-hmm. tried to figure things out on my own. But it's interesting because I always felt God around me and the angels. I always felt protected, even though I went into some dark places. And then um, – but I also – I liked what you said about, you know, being able to – Um, learn about more things because I think that I've always been on this journey to being my very best self and I'm always like there's got to be more there's got to be more so Mm -hmm. yes I'm a Christian and I don't um, I I don't feel like I need to be in sorry but uh, Mm -hmm. not sorry (laughs) I don't feel like I need to be in church every Sunday to to feel that and have that relationship with God that's kind of where I'm at Mm -hmm. I like to go and check out different churches Mm -hmm. and I like to feel uh, the energy and the spirituality that goes through it and how um my relationship expands with God, yeah. mm-hmm. and I love to do yes, the homeless drive was really neat because I get to you know I get to spread God's love in the, in that yeah. in that way and and tell people you know that when you do that the Lord will bless you even more mm-hmm. and yeah. so i I like to to use um God, I remember actually when we were together, I think it was you and I, we were together, and and I was sharing something about my story, and I said, oh, you know, God, and I talked about God, and then I stopped, and I said, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, that I remember that. that, yeah. And then I was like, I think you said, no, it's okay, and I was like, no, I'm not sorry. But sometimes yeah. it is, and we're going to talk about that more, but in the workplace, it's kind of like... Uh, you know, yeah. and I think yeah. if you don't like, it's one of those things: no politics, no religion, right? You don't right. talk about it. But if you're sharing yeah. your story and your experience, there's nothing to be ashamed of.
2: But you know, you know what I find yeah. really interesting about this, and like why why you came this weekend, I just found this totally interesting to me. My very first weekend I came to CCV was I made a little New Year's resolution. I was going to go back to church, so it actually happened to be right after the New Year. The very first weekend I came to CCV, and that was just about 15 years ago, um, our founding pastor, Don Wilson, was preaching on how to be a Christian in the marketplace. Mm. That was my yeah, first well, weekend. I just got
1: goosebumps. Yeah. That. yeah. And
2: I, I don't know why I didn't tell you that yeah. just the other day, too. So that was my first moment where yeah. I said, oh, man, I need to really, th- this for one, this yeah. is the church for me. Um, and... I. I I'm really challenged to live that out, especially in the construction industry, which is not mm-hmm. really uh, yeah. and tattoos, an industry. Absolutely, <laughs> right? yep. And uh, you know, a lot, a lot of language that gets thrown around mm-hmm. there. So it was just one of those moments where I said, "Wow, that's that's kind of cool." And then obviously, like we chatted yesterday, so that was uh, that's really yeah. neat that it happens to be kind of well, the same thing. Well,
1: and I, I really love that, and I wanted to share just briefly a recap of my story, um, and then we're going to go to break, and we get back from break. I want to get into some of these um, discussion about how we can talk. About God and, and really be a minister uh, for Him, but but here here's just briefly my story. I grew up very religious, um, very faithful parents. Um, grew up, in, you know, in the LDS Church and and just loved so many aspects of it and raised my kids in that church. And I mean, like I'm talking like I wasn't one of those you know like every other week type of people. I was like every week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. When like I was there <laughs> yeah. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then um, I went through a transition in my life where. Um it just wasn't a, a lot of the things that were that were there just weren't resonating with me anymore. And I have no hard feelings. I love that church. but um, you know, I started traveling a lot more. and um, as I was transitioning, out of that church, I, I still wanted this community, and I right. still wanted, you know, this feeling like I was serving God and Christ, and I still wanted this, you know, spiritual uplift, and I was really missing that in my life, so I started seeking out just as I was traveling. I, one of my favorite churches to go to when I'm in California is the Gopi Church with Michael Beckwith, mm-hmm. and it's just a, this non-dominational church, but, you know, and, and just uh, when I was in um, Bali, went to some of their, you know, on their religious holidays, some of their temples and their churches, and what I realized is we're all so similar.
2: Yeah. Like we're totally. all just
1: desiring to connect with each other and with God and and what drives people away from religion I think is this feeling of guilt and feeling of shame Absolutely. and that's what I f- have felt so much towards the end of, of my um, my journey with the LDS church that I just thought you know I just I want to go somewhere where you know I feel like love and feel that resonating with me mm-hmm. and and so as I began that journey and that quest I just really put that intention out there mm-hmm. and, and again just found CCV and I think for anybody that's wanting to be more religious you know just find what resonates with you mm-hmm. and and it's i don't think there's any one size fits all religion or mm. or church but i think there's some that definitely um like you were saying can that fit what you're doing Absolutely. and what you want and something else might be different for your parents so yeah um we do, expansion. we do we do need to go to break we do need to go to break. I know we're having such a great discussion uh, but when I get back I really want to uh, get deep into the uh, into the discussion of how we show up for God and for ourselves in the workplace. I've got some people watching on Facebook Live. Hey guys, I would love your comments and your thoughts as well. Um if you're on Facebook Live, if you want to type something down at the bottom if there's something that really resonates with you, we just got a co- comment from uh from Candace here if hopefully I'm seeing your, like, I can't, I'm trying to see that far away. I'm like, I don't know. Uh, so thank, thank you uh, for the talk. So really appreciate you being on here and, and taking the time to thank us. And would love to hear, again, just your comments, um, your experiences. If you have any questions, would love to take those. So so be interactive on this Facebook Live as well. So when we come back more with Ken, say your last name one more time. Fechner. I'm going to get it. Yep. Ken Fechner and <laughs> Rochelle Rodriguez. Uh, we also have a special guest. Lori Richens is going to be on talking about our family first segment. Uh, Lori is a member of the LDS religion, super uh, strong, faithful woman that I just look up to so much. And she's going to be talking and sharing some of her experiences and stories as well. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel.
2: Guarantee, it will be the best hour of your week.
4: Are you ready to be fabulous? You know, science has proven that women thrive in a tribe together. And now we invite you to join two fierce females, otherwise known as Sheila and Sarah, as they help you take the journey from flat to fabulous. It's fun, terrific stories, and wise insight every week. Take better control of your life. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time for Life from
1: Flat to Fabulous on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Create happiness now.
2: Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday
0: at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash voiceamerica or search for us at Keyword Voice America. Welcome back
1: to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. I am surprise, surprise, Allison H. Larson, and we've got here today Ken Fechner and Rochelle Rodriguez live in studio. Joining us all the way from Idaho is Lori Richens. So um, we're going to bring Lori on in just a moment with our family first segment. Before we do that, Ken. Yes. How can we How can we show up in the workplace and in right. our lives in this in this Day and age where we're supposed to have the separation of church and state, how how do we really show up? How do you how do you encourage people to show up as a disciple of Christ as a minister, and um, do it in a way that's going to be respectful of other people, loving, but also giving them the opportunity to understand where your source of joy and happiness comes from.
2: Absolutely, yeah. So you know the thing that people often forget, especially those of faith um, that have hey said Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and I'm I'm you know going to follow him with my life like I think one of the things that we forget is what he has commissioned us to do mm-hmm. as our one thing, which is to go out into the world and be a light. Yeah. And so many times we we go into our places of work, you know, like me in the construction industry, and we, we almost have this fear that cripples us a little bit of, hey, uh, how can I really be that light and serve people? And and what we do is we think that we're just going to get into these theological debates with people at work when really it's just, hey, listen, our actions speak louder than our mm-hmm. words. Definitely. And so <laughs> when you're really going to live out your faith, yeah. it's, Hey, what what did Jesus do when he walked on this earth? Mm. He served, yeah. and I just think if that's that's one of the that is the biggest impact that you can make in your workplace you don't need to go around, mm-hmm. uh, you know, beating people with the Bible or just uh, <laughs> going going through these theological yeah. debates. I just say, hey, that's weird. Don't do that stuff. Yeah. But at the yeah. end of the day, really, what God has called us to do is to serve and love people, and that really just comes from um, doing that with our actions.
1: Mm, I love that. And um, I think what's really interesting about what you just said is, for me, over the course of my life, as I've tried to share the light of Christ with other people, I've often been afraid that I wasn't going to be able to answer their questions, that I was going to get into this debate about, you know, who Jesus was, or, or something like that. And it was really interesting, because I actually um, had a get together at my house last week. And there was a man, we started talking about religion and about God. And he asked me, well, how do you know? How do you know this? How do you know that? What do you think about this? And he just kept asking, Asking all these questions and I was starting to feel like oh my gosh I don't I don't know I don't have the answers and <laughs> right. suddenly it came to my mind clear as day I said you know what I said what do you think about that and and he said well what do you mean and I said well one thing I've learned is that I can ask the same question to a lot of different people and they're all gonna have different answers. Right. But when I go to God to ask that question, He's always gonna give me the answer that's perfect for me. So I said, Have you gone to God with those questions? And he said, No. And and I was like, Oh my gosh, that was a moment of like that <laughs> was just divine inspiration. But but it was really interesting because we don't have to have answers to all the questions.
2: Right. And you, you can don't. you can
1: just say, Well, the answer for me was, or how I feel was, or you know what, you know, I understand that you're confused, and what I've done is just prayed to God about it. And and so So, you know, if you just love... People and then just <laughs> refer them back to God. Right. He has the answers to everything.
2: Yeah, and you know, and we we often forget too that sometimes we get confused a little bit about who God is. We start thinking that you know God is just this you know uh, guy upstairs that's going to judge us, and it's always like this negative mm-hmm. thing. But really, like God is love, and yeah. when we want to show God um, in our places of work, it's yeah. well, how would He do that? Well, He He would love people. And, mm-hmm. and uh, Rochelle, one of the coolest things that I, I heard you just say a little bit earlier too is your, your homeless ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always said too, if Jesus was here today, where would he be? Well, the Bible's pretty clear on that. He would be with the homeless. Mm-hmm. He would be yeah. with the lame. He would be with the widows and the orphans. And I think, you know, if, if for us, you know, that's what we need to be doing more. And that, that's who Jesus was. He was a warrior and he was a servant and he was just full of love. And, yeah. you know, when we talk about faith in our workplace, that's how we need to live it out. We yeah. need to actually love and serve our coworkers and always just not and you know like we just said not not get into these debates with them yeah. but because uh, yeah, usually you're not going to fight with some people you're, completely right yeah.
3: it's like I don't want to hear anybody about that Jesus yeah. stuff right? well right. and
1: I think also like not filtering too like if somebody right. asks me so what did you do last weekend I don't filter out the part where I went to church because I'm afraid I'm going to make him uncomfortable Right. You know? right. I'm right. like oh, I had this profound <laughs> experience and I went to church and this is what happened <laughs> so uh, yeah that's really that's really intriguing you know if you just come from this place of not pressure or fear but just this excitement to love other people to serve them and and then, um, you know, to not be afraid just to to answer. Uh, yeah, and when you yeah, do, when you, you do right, and you have a good heart, and you're loving on people, people are drawn to
3: that, to your energy yeah. and your vibe, and they want to know more about it. And then, you know, then that starts trickling in, and then it's like, oh, come mm-hmm. to church with me, <clears throat> or know a little bit yeah. about how this works in my life.
2: So yeah, they're know, drawn it, it, to that love. Absolutely, I think I think what's kind of sad today is you meet a lot of Christians who are. Um, Man, they're just not joyful. They're just not. They're just not happy people. <laughs> right. And uh, which is, right. which is, for me, it's man, that's sad because yeah. it, at the end of the day, it's man, we have the greatest news um, ever, and we have God on our side. You know, and the Bible's pretty clear about that. Like, if if God is with us, who can be against us? And so, mm-hmm. one of the things that we just we should go around literally smiling, <laughs> and 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 just knowing that, hey, we have something. That people want, you know, mm-hmm. and that is that is we have this light, but for mm-hmm. some crazy reason, uh, you just meet so many Christians today that walk around and they they're kind of walking around in the dark. And yeah. it's yeah. And I think yeah. to,
3: to that point, the hypocrites, right, that you hear about, that's the biggest thing that I keep hearing about. Oh well, you're you know, you say you're a Christian, or not me, but people say they're Christians and then they do bad things, or right. like they're watching your every move. So I think it is so important just to lead with love yeah. and not like. Totally. Well, yeah. I, and I love this Bible. comment,
1: um, Gerald Rogers, I think I recognize who he is. Huh. I just can't tell <laughs> Who's that? He says, be the light, don't preach the light. Such a beautiful reminder mm-hmm. to just be um, an ex- exemplary. I'm sorry, guys, an example, an example of Christ-like living. Thanks, <laughs> you can see that from all the way <laughs> no, over. That's actually, I <laughs> that's
2: actually a really, a really good quote. Yeah. Uh, because here's the thing uh, that I've learned in my career. Mm-hmm you have to earn the right to speak truth into people's lives mm-hmm. with yes. no relationship. If you don't have a relationship with somebody, they're not going to listen to you. And for one, if you haven't lived a life, and I'm not saying being perfect because nobody's perfect, but no. you have to earn the right. You can't just go around, preach serving, preach love when you are not doing it yourself. You are one of those hypocrites. So that's what I love about what mm-hmm. he just said right now, that yeah. you have to be the light and not preach the light. And I think that's you know, one of the things um, that is really key. So, thanks for chiming in on that. That's great.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I want to bring up before Lori comes in, I want to share two thoughts that came to my mind. Number one, (laughs) <laughs> don't pressure yourself because, you know, I think this is what happens to me sometimes. And, and in this in this excitement to share and to be who you are, don't try, just be. Mm-hmm. And what happens is we end up feeling like, and this is where I think perfectionism come in, comes in, oh, we try so hard to be this good example to people. We try so hard to do what is right. We try, we try, we try. We get, so- I'm just trying so hard and it's just not good enough. Just be. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, go to church if you're happy about it, be happy about right. it. If you want to be a disciple of Christ, just be a disciple of Christ. Don't do it because you feel like you have to, or you have some kind of obligation to. Or you, you know. And I think it's great to make the commitment to God or the promise that you're going to serve Him. But, but then just just be it. Don't don't try so hard. And and this is where I think people feel like, well, I'm just not worthy of it. Oh, I'm not a hundred percent. I made a mistake, so now I can't talk about God. Or you know what? I'm not a perfect person. I think one of the best ways to share about God is to be authentic and be vulnerable. Absolutely. And to be like, hey, you know what? I was struggling. And I still am struggling. But you know what? I prayed and now I feel a little bit better. Yep. You know? or Not like, hey, I'm perfect and I have all the answers and I feel happy 100% of the time. It's, it's like, hey, be real, be raw. But if you are having a struggle or a hard day and you find some uh, respite mm-hmm. from the storm and your, your prayer of faith and share that with people. Absolutely. Yeah, because that's where you really see God come through. Yeah. Right? It's through that, yeah, s- I, the
2: struggle. I, I think I think a lot of people, too, we feel like we have to wear a mask yeah. you know, of, oh, of who we masks. really are. That's
3: yes. a, yeah. We've had <laughs> all yeah. shows on that. <laughs>
2: yeah. Totally. And, and one of the things that I <laughs> yeah. did just um, last week um, at CCV was I actually took a little bit of the mask off um, when I was there, too, because... Um, I was pretty honest with this. I've actually had probably the hardest month I've ever had in Mm. ministry in my entire career, just this past month. Um, Five years ago, Mm. I did a funeral service for a a young girl who died of a brain tumor and it was an inoperable, incurable uh, cancer that she had. I was able to, you know, just be a part of this journey with her and um, do her funeral service and her mom and her dad are just some of the closest people I have. Well, um, five weeks ago, Uh, almost six weeks ago was the anniversary of her passing five years Mm -hmm. and her dad took his life on Mm -hmm. that night. And it was one of those things where I just did his funeral um, four weeks ago and I I could, I could barely even get through it. And it's one of those things where even, even somebody like myself, people think like, Oh, I am, you know, I'm that, that nothing bothers me. And you know, all these types of things. I I literally got to this point where I even said, man, I, I want to quit i just don't want to do this anymore Mm. and through that story i even shared i had numerous people come up to me after the service and they were just some of them were in tears and they were saying man that was that was really cool That was a real moment and so when we're again we're talking about the workplace but a lot of times too the greatest impact that you can make on people it's just your authenticity and your realness.
1: Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And I appreciate you sharing that story. And I think that's the struggle, you know, for lots of people who are striving to help the community and help other people. And then when somebody, you know, for whatever reason can't can't overcome their struggle with depression or mm-hmm. the trials in their life and, and something happens and we think, oh, gosh, why am I even doing this? But, yeah, I've, I've had those I, thoughts and moments and moments. Um, one of the things that I've learned is is that, um, you know, you, you can't – you can only share, and you can only um, – it's not your responsibility to convert somebody. Right. It's just – you can just share, and then they get to make that decision.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that I, – I love what you just said, too, because it – we're not. We're the. We're the seed planters. Mm-hmm. We we don't provide the sunlight. We don't provide the water. We don't provide the miracle of growth. Um, and so th- that's God's responsibility. So when we do go out there and we are trying to show love and be the light, we we oftentimes forget that do you realize that God's already been working in that situation <laughs> yeah. before we even get there? Like yeah. people of art, God's already working in everybody's yeah. life before mm-hmm. we even have to do anything with it. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I love that. I want to share a brief experience and then bring Lori on. So cool. Um, kind of along that line of, of seed planning. One thing that I found out is I was just reading the scripture this morning with my boys before they went to school, ask and you shall receive knock and it shall be opened mm. unto you. And sometimes we forget to ask. Mm. And one of the things that I started <laughs> doing years ago was just praying to be an instrument in the Lord's hands and helping his children right and um recently i had the opportunity to go to burning man super spiritual place if you oh,
2: there. A, oh i've seen pictures
1: <laughs> so uh anyway so i had this opportunity to go to burning man before going to burning man i set the intention with god that i wanted to show up to be able to serve and to help people heal mm-hmm. and um So I had this thought of what that looked like in my mind, you know, driving up to Burning Man and being like, oh, there's all these people in pain. I'm going to (laughs)
2: like
1: save the world. Yes. Um, But anyway, what what really happened was uh, this was also just following my daughter's wedding and I'd driven from... Phoenix, Arizona to Logan, Utah, where she got married. And then I driven from Logan, Utah to Boise, Idaho, where she had a reception. Hmm. And then drove from Boise, Idaho to Winnemucca, Nevada, where I was meeting up with uh, Gerald, who I was going to Burning Man with. And so.
2: My aunt lives in Winnemucca. Really, That's I, should, crazy. I
1: should stay with her next time. They don't have good hotels there.
2: No, they anyway, don't. a lot of property, but yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, so, I got into Winnemucca at like 1 a.m. in the morning. Gerald got there at like 2 a.m. He drove from Salt Lake to get there, and we get up the next morning on Sunday. "We're so excited to go to Burning Man." And we're driving down the road, in like 45 minutes away, you know, out, outside of Winnemucca, Gerald's like, oh. I won't say because it's swearing. We just talked about not swearing. (laughs) And he never gets, like, alarmed about anything. I'm like, what happened? He's like, I forgot the tickets. And, like, you don't get into Burning Man without the tickets. He's like, I've got everything else. He got the whole RV packed up. He was so prepared. The tickets were back in Salt Lake. So uh, so we went back and got my car and drove all the way back to Salt Lake to get the tickets. But what was so crazy is we just decided to make the best of it, had a good conversation. We ate dinner while we were there. And as we were walking, all of a sudden I heard someone say, Gerald, Gerald. And we turned around and looked and we saw a woman standing there. And he said, oh, she used to go to my seminars. Gerald's who I'm dating. He does seminars. Yeah. We go walk over to her. She just bursts into tears. And she's, she tells us she's getting a divorce and her husband's at the house oh, with the kids. Yeah. And she's feeling more lonely and more low than she's ever ever felt in her entire life. And she was sitting there crying and praying to God, if you love me, if you even care about me at all, just send somebody so I'm not alone in this moment. I'm getting even a little emotional thinking about it. Oh
0: my we goodness. spent
1: an hour just sitting with her and crying with her in Salt Lake City. Mm. God answered my prayers, not at Burning Man, not the way I wow. thought it was gonna be. She ended up coming to a seminar and, and is, is working with us now and turning her her life in a more positive direction. But It's really interesting because i think if if you ask you just say god i want to be an instrument in your hands he's going to provide that way but you can't you can't limit how he's going to provide it and and if you try and put a certain you know vision of how that's going to look or how it's going to be carried out i mean if gerald hadn't forgot the tickets we never would have been there and it completely altered the course of her life and um so you know and that was god that was god that did that you know so i'm really really thankful for that and um i want to bring on lori richens now lori Family First segment. Are you there, Lori? Oh, I am here and I am ready. <laughs> oh, Lori, I'm so excited. And I have had such a privilege to know Lori. I want to say just a few things about her. She is such a woman of faith. She has seven children. She's been married to her husband for, is it 35 years now, Lori? How long have you been married? Almost, yeah. Almost mm-hmm. thirty-five years, and just is someone. When I think of a woman of faith, when I think of of, I think. Oh, I was talking with Gerald after the show last week, and he said, "If there's one word, it's for Lori. I would say it's. Um, oh, what did he say? It was like the word for pure, but kind of like. Oh, now I can't even remember. Anyway, it was a good word. If I remember, I'll say it. But um, but Lori is such a good example of faith, and I'm so excited for you to share your thoughts with us today, Lori.
4: Well, it's so interesting, and thank you for your kind words. I happened to be in the hospital this morning with my daughter having surgery, and I was in the cafeteria while she was being operated on having breakfast. And this gentleman, I looked over, and I recognized his voice, and I saw him sitting with some other people in the cafeteria, and I thought, oh, this was one of those God moments, one of those moments where he directed what I was going to say into that um Kind of a reminder of somebody that I had known years ago, and uh, I felt like I was supposed to share it today. So, his name was Eric. His name is Eric Towner, and um, we lived in this little town about 20 minutes where we're from now, and he actually owned a plumbing business, and on the side of his plumbing truck, he had a scripture, and the scripture was Colossians 3.23. He mm-hmm. also had it on his business card. And he didn't write out what the scripture was, because he intentionally wanted people to ask Mm. him what the scripture said. And Ah. then he would direct them to... Isn't that beautiful? Marketing for Christ. That- yes. <laughs> he did. He did. And then he would direct them to the scriptures, and he'd say, well, why don't you go, you know, read it for yourself? And so he wanted to not only bring attention to scripture, but he wanted to get people back in the, into that beautiful, sacred mm-hmm. book. And so um, people are probably wondering, what does Colossians three twenty three? say well the beautiful thing about him being a plumber is this he felt like whatever your employment is whatever your assignment in life is you should give honor to God and so his scripture was and whatsoever ye do do it heartily as to the Lord, and not unto man. And so here he was, this plumber, who felt like his work was important, and he felt like uh, he needed to be uh, an emissary for the Lord at all times. And and so, anyway, his story's going into the book that I'm writing, and he is truly a person that ends up walking his faith. And so as we're talking about uh, faith in the workplace and living out our faith in all areas of our life. I also want to talk about something that's currently right now in the news, and I hope people are watching That's It's about Joe Kennedy, and he was a, uh, a Washington State high school football coach who lost his job after he refused to stop playing in the field immediately after games. So you might see his name out there, and you might end up hearing what's happening because he's taking this case to the Supreme Court. And what's fascinating about this story is he fought for our country in the Marine Corps. He was a gunnery sergeant, and he was inspired by Mm -hmm. the show called Facing the Giants. Mm -hmm. And so he decided that he was going to take 15 seconds after each game to thank the Lord for the experience that he had Mm -hmm. to be coaching his players and the outcome of the game, whatever it happened to be. And even though he did this privately, and he didn't um, necessarily invite other people soon some of his own teammates started coming, sometimes members of the opposing team would join him. It was completely voluntary, but... He was let go of his job because he was acting out his faith, hmm. and so it's really wow. important that we have the courage to be fearless with our faith, and this is one thing that most people do not understand. I feel so passionate about this, and even with Lily's surgery today, I was determined to do my best to get on this show because most People do not know that the term separation of church and state is not in the Constitution.
1: Well, and Lori, you ran for, I just want to say, Lori ran for political office. Mm. So, I mean, she, she, so she is very familiar with this. Okay. Go ahead, Lori. (laughs) It's not, it's not in the Constitution.
4: It is absolutely not in the Constitution. And there is a book I want to recommend to all of your listeners, and it's called The Myth of Separation, and it's by David Barton. And mm. it's it's a book that talks about the Founders and what the early courts really said. And in this book, it explains that in uh, 1802, President Thomas Jefferson wrote a letter to Danbury, um the Danbury Baptist Association in Connecticut, in Connecticut, and these Danbury Baptists were concerned that um, they had heard this rumor that there was going to be established a certain national denomination, and they were concerned about this. And so they wrote to President Jefferson asking if this was a possibility, and he wrote a letter back explaining that that was not going to be the, the case. He reiterated mm. the first. Um, amendment, and then in that letter he wrote the statement that there was a wall of separation between church and state, and what he meant by that was that the government was never going to establish a particular religion, but that religion ought to be um, endorsed and integrated into our government. You know, even in... So most people don't understand that. Now, I know my time is limited, and I want to make sure to give it back to you wonderful people who are on this on this particular show, but I want to finish my segment by saying it is our responsibility to teach our children the truth of what separation of church and state really means. And my son Jacob, two years ago when he was graduating from high school for his senior project, he did a PowerPoint presentation where he had to present mm-hmm. this in front of a panel of judges and he laid it out step by step what the myth of separation of church and state really meant and he nailed it. We were in the audience. Mm-hmm. We listened to him. Wow. He presented it with confidence and clarity. And even the people who were listening on the panel did not know the information that he was teaching. Mm-hmm. And he got like a 95 or 100 percent on his. On um, this project. But if we do not teach our children the truth of the matter, then they are going to be one of the people who have been deceived like so many others, and they're going to be quoting that statement about separation of church and state, thinking that, in fact, we need to have all religion out of government, but that was never the intention. It was just meant that the government was not to be intervening with religion. So, in summary, Mm -hmm. we need to be fearless about our faith, and we need to to pay the Price sometimes for standing up for the truth, and I'm so grateful for people like Eric Towner with his plumbing business. He doesn't... He, that's not his business right now, but he was so fearless about it, and he invited people to learn more just not by him preaching. He just had a simple little scriptural reference up there, and he did so much good, and when mm-hmm. I saw him today... In the cafeteria, I just lit up. I was so happy to see his face, and I was so proud of him. And of Mm. course, we as parents, if we are going to be good parents, We need to make sure that our children are well informed, so that they can stand up for the rights that our constitution grants us. Yeah. So
1: I I I appreciate that. That's a really appreciate that so much, Lori. And definitely, if you aren't already connected with Lori Richards, get connected with her on Facebook. She is doing some amazing things in the world. And you bring up a really good point, Lori. Before I get into that point, I want to say one of my um, favorite comments of the day so far was by Gerald. He says. You look really awesome. So I just want to tell you guys. <laughs>
2: <Just kidding>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to like it and I was like flipping the camera anyway.
2: Scoring some points there. Cool. Yeah.
1: Um, okay. So I want to talk a little bit about this because here's what comes in my mind as I'm thinking about this. And Rochelle, I want you to weigh in on this first and then you can. So Lori brought up a good point. Um, some of the people that we can most profoundly affect with our ministry are the people that are closest to us. You know, Lori talked about, you know, with her children. Michelle, how are you how are you a minister to the people that are closest to you, to your friends and your family? I just kill them with kindness, always, always leading from my heart and
3: just spilling love. Like I don't think I have a bad bone or a mean bone in my body. I just I'm just always just like I don't understand meanness. I just you know and I've had people tell me that like why are you just you're just so, you know, loving all the time. And there's no, you know, and I'm like, well, why why would I be otherwise? You know, God is love and he's shown me love. And that's just, that's all I know. Mm-hmm. That's what I, you know, that's what I want to spread around in the world. So, yeah. you know, I know when, you know, sometimes I'll have an, um, a, a discussion with my brother or my mom or something. And they'll, they'll have a lot of stuff going on. And I just keep coming back with mm-hmm. love. And I'm like, yeah. you know, how can we turn this around and mm-hmm. be positive? And I'm just... I love to be the positive source Mm -hmm. and the positive light, and you know, my mom's like, you know, you just, why are you just always so positive? And Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, you know, why not? I mean, there's there's so much love in in God loves you, and so I just like to be um, the example. Like well, and I, I, love really cool. I love what you're saying Thank
1: about you. that because even, and and I think there's a fine line, and Ken, I, I want to give you a moment here, but I want to throw this spin in it too because I think there's even a fine line. Um, one of the things that I, the people who I've felt most judged by and least inspired, like least Christ-like to me in my life, and probably the people I've been least Christ-like to are the ones closest to me. Mm-hmm. And um, I mm. think sometimes we can, yeah, we even use religion unintentionally as the crutch to be love the conditionally loving does that make sense yep so so for me like i just reached out to somebody in my family recently went through divorce and reached out to somebody from my ex-husband's family and just said you know i just want you to know that i just really love you and care about you and the text i got in response was well Thank you for saying that. I hope for your you know, your sake and your children's sake that you allow the light of Christ back into your life and get back on track <laughs> and and that you're ha- you find wow. happiness and peace yeah. again. And I just said, you know, thank you so much for your concerns because I'm not living the same way that they're living okay. right. and I just said thank you so much. I actually feel more happy and peaceful in my life right. and feel closer to Christ than I've ever felt. But, you know, thank you for your concern. And mm-hmm. so anyway, it's kind of interesting. That's so awesome. I want to hear your your thoughts on that and also your thoughts on yeah. how to be ministers to your to your family. I know you just right. your kid's school, right? Yeah, yeah totally. I was doing,
2: doing chapel at my kids' school this morning, but, you know, my boss um, said this to me years ago, and it's kind of like now my life's mission. Um, right. I think, you know, when we talk about masks, we talked about that a little bit earlier, um, especially for, let's just say a lot of moms, you know, maybe you're a stay-at-home mom, or maybe you're running a, a small business out of your home or whatever you're doing, and you're a working mom, or, or you're just, uh, you're a single dad or family, whatever it is, so I don't care what walk of life you are, um, your first ministry is to your kids, as mm-hmm. a parent. Um, yeah. that that's that is the first thing. I mean honestly at the end of the day if you're spending more time trying to, to be the light to other people and not to your own kids, um, you've got yeah. you've got like a little bit off track. Like people that
1: go and they serve other people and they're so nice and then right. their buckets are so empty by the end of the day they come they, home and yeah. yell at their kids all the time. I was talking with my daughter about this the other day. She's like, "Mom, I'm so glad you're nice to me." <laughs> right. She's like, "You're nice to other people, but you're also nice to me." I know some moms that are really nice to everybody else and they come home and yell at their kids sure. and I'm like, "But it happens." Absolutely. Right?
2: In in our in our day and age in our culture Culture, like work can become our God. Mm. Um, even ministry can become our God. And so one of the things that I've always, I have lived by since I've started having kids, which is mm. this, be better at home than you are in public. Mm. Wow. And so be better inside the four walls than you are in public. Because at the end of the day, so many people, you, you, you hear this cliche saying of, oh, well, if there is a hidden camera inside your home. Wow. And, and it's at the point yeah. where I would even say, yeah, stick one in my home because that's my life mission. I will be better inside my four walls than I am in public. And if we could get that into our, into our culture, um, I would just tell you then then the outside world would actually be a lot better than it right. is right now
1: well I love that and um, yeah. I, w- I want to bring up this thought because I think you know we're taught so much put Christ first in your life put you know God first put Jesus first in your life and then everything else will work out but I think what sometimes people get confused about is they put religion right. above yeah. love and and what ends up happening yep. is is instead of the the real i mean at the root of real any real religion i believe is to teach people how to love like you were saying Rochelle how to love unconditionally and to be more Christ like or you know sure. to be more god like or be more better in some 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 way to love other people and help humanity and i think what ends up happening and what i've experienced in the past and i'm sure i've done this to other people and i you know i apologize if anybody's listening mm-hmm. that i've done this too but um, where where we say, Okay, well I I love the letter of the law more than I love right. this person. I I love this religion so much that because you aren't following it, I'm gonna right. put you down or yeah. I'm gonna make you so feel think it's really important just oh sorry, real no, quick.
3: No. Uh, it's it's so important because it's it's not about religion it's about love <laughs> right you know and i mean you go to a religious place to to show the love and to feel mm-hmm. fill yourself up and all of that and, and to worship but it's not about going to church for right. me it has to be it's inside you mm-hmm. know and then Um, I just keep evolving, and like, I love how you've gone to all of these churches because that's, I love it. I feel God everywhere around me and like in spiritual realms and and everything. So,
2: yeah, I think it's not about religion. I I actually don't even use the word religion. I actually don't even like it because for me, religion is spelled D O, do, do, do. And what I look at with faith and I look at with Jesus, uh, religion is spelled done. D-O-N-E because wow. it's about what it's Jesus be did. Because yeah. it, it is. It's it's not us earning our way. And that's 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 part of like what I think religion, the word religion yeah. is gone so is because it's like you have to work so hard and it's exhausting. But that's why I like what you said earlier about just be. Yeah, you know, and, and just rest in rest in God's love and his goodness.
3: That and that's a big part of it. And mm-hmm. it's about feeling judged, you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like I would go to church and I'm like, I don't you know, I feel judged by the people around me, not yeah. by God. Yeah but by you guys and I'm like this does not work for me anymore. <laughs> well, like, we've always so said So I go too. When yeah. I you know it's 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 I feel like my I feel like God doesn't judge me. He loves me yeah. and he understands and he always forgives and he's always there. Right. So I feel like the people
1: are a part of the problem well, we the always say God, like, God is good and people suck, people so. suck. <laughs> Well, <laughs> and then, and here's, 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 yeah. here's what I want to end with because we're, we're, we're coming know, to we're the close of our that. show but here's what I want to end with it's it's an experience uh-huh. that I had and then I want to end with a, a challenge or a call to action those people are listening Natalie had some great advice too about surrendering to the divine masculine definitely go on Facebook and look at that I don't have time to read that now Natalie but thank you so mm. much for that um, so I remember being at a Tony Robbins event recently I was going when I was going through a transition and 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 really struggling to feel like where do I find my relationship with God and and if you've ever been to a Tony Robbins event, he takes you through this process where you are Jumping up and in the, down. No, no, no. Well, yes, but this one was where you're kind of in the pits of despair. Right. You think about yeah. right. the things that aren't going right in your life, and if those things continue, what's going to happen? And you've got the stadium full of like ten or 12,000 people literally crying and wailing, and, mm. and um, he kind of puts us in this state. But in this state of just thinking about maybe some of the things that weren't going right in my life, some of the things that I that if they had continued on, you know, where would I be in 10 years and, and in that in that more negative state. I remember being in this feeling of despair and then just, and the lights were off and just looking up and I saw the lights on the beams of the ceiling in a way that made a cross. And suddenly I had this peace like, you know what? Christ loves me and he's already done that. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, you know, he has paid the price with his life and, um, just getting this real sense of peace. And it's that same peace that I find as I go now and seek um, a community of religious and faithful people. Maybe Mm -hmm. religion's the wrong word. And I found that at CCV. So we've got about 30 seconds left, uh, Ken. Sorry about this. But, I but if there's somebody on on. <laughs> in the Arizona area that wants to come to CCV, how can yeah. they get a hold of you?
2: Well, it's the easiest website, ccv.church. Um, you can just check that out, and we have and campuses. That's CCV
1: Church. What CCV was it CCV.church. Christ
2: Church of the Valley. Christ Church of yep. the Valley. Ccv. Ccv. Church. We have campuses all over the Valley. Um, so no matter what part of the valley you live in, there's one within driving distance or possibly walking distance of where you're at. And
1: I know a lot of you aren't local that are watching on Facebook or listening live. And what you want to do is go to the website anyway, because you have live like online stuff. I was checking it out last night. I was so impressed with uh, some of the materials that you have on there. Just check it out and and see what you think. And and here's my call to action, Um, whatever you need to do to feel that love from God and to feel more connected to Him in your life do it. Whether that's going to the mountains, whether it's finding a place to go on Sunday, whether that's just taking a moment to kneel down in prayer, uh, do it. I know that that has gotten me through some of the hardest times in my life. And uh, I know God loves you. So, um, so good. go seek yeah. and find yes, that love. Yeah. I'm uh, Allison Larson. You've been listening to Spotlight. Special thank you to our guests. And join next week where we'll have more guests who have transformed their lives and are looking to transform the lives of others.
0: Bye, everybody. <laughs>